You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. As we start off today, I'm going to try and give you guys some good news today. Not all of it, but some of it. So I'm going to try and make this... Make you think there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There may be some hope after all. The FBI recorded record gun buying for the 16th straight month in a row. (laughs) Which just, it warms my heart to see that many people embracing their Second Amendment rights. They had gun sales checks at over 3.5 million for the month of April. And I think that compares to over 4 million before that in March. So it's uh, the gun sales are just they're streaming. I think and the thing is <clears throat> there's a lot of people say the gun sales are slacking off, they're diminishing some and they may be. But I think the reason for that is partially the ammunition shortage. Ammunition is still pricey. It's less scarce than it was, but it is still high priced from what it was maybe just a year and a half ago. And I remember, it wasn't this past December, but December 2019, I was telling everybody, I've never seen ammo prices and gun prices as low as they were right then. They were extremely low. You could pick up cases of stuff for what you're paying now for just, you know, five or seven boxes. But the criminal background check systems had record-breaking sales again. And, of course, the most popular sale sale weapon was the AR-15. And that's, that's probably because... Certain politicians have put this weapon in their gun sights, so to speak, as one to eliminate. Then I saw some statistics statistics that showed me rifles are not the problem. Okay, this is going to seem a little odd, but we're going to throw this out anyway. More people died by shoving foreign objects through the outdoor than did by rifles in the last 10 years. So there's some statistics for you. So it just goes to show you stupid people will find a way to hurt and kill themselves in another way if there's not a rifle around to do it. But um, it looks like there's no signs of this slowing down anytime soon because the more they talk gun control, the more the politicians want to take them away, the more people go, you know what, maybe I better get one now. Or people who have guns already go, you know what, I just want one more or two more or seven more. Whatever it is, they decide, you know what, maybe I need to invest in money now, otherwise I may not be able to get it. And it's funny because a lot of these people are buying weapons who have never had them before, and then their friends are asking them, well, why'd you do that, or how'd you do it? You know, was it hard? And they start getting information. No, you just go fill out the form, and away you go. Get your background check, and you're good. Because it's funny, there's a gentleman, where, where was he? I think he was in, uh, he's an Atlanta resident, and he was on CNN, told CNN he was a first-time gun buyer, and after he purchased his, his wife purchased one, and then he took a friend to the gun store, and they purchased one. So... I like the domino effect that's happening here. You know, this is great that people are realizing if you want to protect yourself in these times, you can't do it by calling 911 and hoping the police get there on time. And if they do get there, are they going to be able to do anything? With all the restrictions put on them and all the bad press they've been getting, they're going to be more hesitant to answer calls where they think they may be put in a situation. In New York especially, they said a lot of cops are taking a lot longer to respond 
to certain types of calls, domestic violence, possible robberies. They're showing up as late as they possibly can to avoid having to shoot some bad guy because with the way things are now, it doesn't matter if the guy blew up a building. If you shoot some and there's any kind of racial disparaging there, they're going to blame it on the police officer. And they don't want to get mixed up in this. They don't want to be involved in politics. They want to protect and serve the public to the best of their ability. And whenever we hamper that, we're we're basically cutting their legs out from under them and saying, oh, we don't want you to do your job. So that's when the responsibility falls on you to be your own first responder. Have a weapon, have ammo, get some training, learn how to use it. But also, as far as first responders go, have a first aid kit in your house, a a substantial one, a fully equipped one, just in case of an emergency. If they can't get an ambulance to you in time, are you going to be able to help cover yourself? Can you maintain things until you can get professional help? That's something you have to consider also. It's not just about the guns. It's about being able to protect yourself in case you're in the midst of a firefight, which hopefully won't happen to anybody. Unless you're, you know, in a situation, you put yourself in that situation. But again, as I've said before, try and avoid putting yourself in any situation that puts you in danger. You know, you see there's a protest downtown. Don't, don't go downtown to eat that night. Go somewhere else. You know, don't try and drive through the middle of a protest just to see what's going to happen. That's just a surefire way to get yourself in trouble. You so know, <clears throat> there's, there's always two sides to the story. And uh, as I was having lunch in my office... I was watching Fox, and they had a lady on, and that's quote unquote supposedly a school teacher. Okay, she had been pulled over by a black cop, and she started in on, and this was all caught on camera. Did, did you happen to see it? Or? I didn't watch the whole video, but I read the description of it. It looked like she just was having a bad day and went off on this cop for no reason other than. Exactly. She and, was not black, and he was. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, one of her comments was, well, no, actually, he was a Mexican. As not, he wasn't black. He was Hispanic. Oh, he was Hispanic. Okay. And, uh, you know, her closing comments, well, you just, you just want to be white, and I hate to tell you, but you never will be white. You're just a murdering cop. And, Ooh. you know, how <sighs> I, I, cops, I, I've known a lot of cops. From Lubbock, Texas to Atlanta, Georgia, and I don't, I don't have the patience that they have. If I'd have been that cop, I would have knocked the hell out of this stupid broad, you know. And um, how they put up with it, and and then for her comment about, well, you'll never be white, and that's all you want to be. You're just a murdering cop. Ugh. And. That's not the way to get respect if you're talking to a police officer. That's not the way to go home peacefully if you're talking to a police officer. Yeah, and, you know, and he gave her a ticket for speeding, and that was it. And right. didn't, didn't, as far as I was concerned, if he had drug her out of her car and cuffed her, it would have been okay, you know? <laughs> she uh, was certainly asking for it. Yeah. And, you uh, know, and that's probably what she was looking for. She wanted to escalate the confrontation so then she could get social media to back her up saying, oh, this poor girl got dragged out of her car after trying to, you know, yell, scream, punch, spit on a cop. this was not her first time either. <clears throat> oh, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah, they, they keep doing that, trying to get that reaction. And, uh, but, <clears throat> you know, and this is, this is where I said that there are two sides to every coin. If we don't respect our police officers... 
we're going to have a chaos to the ultimate degree. And uh, Like I, I said, they're already slowing down the response times on situations where they feel like they may be put in a bad spot. When I was an EMT, we used to do the same thing, you know. if Depending on the area and depending on <clears throat> what the call was, if it was a domestic dispute uh-huh. and somebody had been stabbed, we, we wanted to make sure the cops got there before we did. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's... This world is sick, and we have to help each other get over it and get the lives that are back to some kind of normality. And I don't know what normal is anymore. Yeah, it, it's it, they're trying to redefine what normal is when it comes to law enforcement, which is unfortunate because, I mean, it does need some improvement. There's In every field of endeavor, there are bad players, every one. There's bad doctors, bad lawyers, bad cops. There's bad citizens also, though, and that's why we need yeah. the good cops. There are a lot of bad citizens. <clears throat> and, right. Uh, you know, if we don't wake up, well, I had a, I, I won't say which city, and uh, I won't say the name, but we spoke, he is a city councilman, and uh, we spoke yesterday afternoon late, and uh, this is the first city councilman that I've heard say this, but he's saying... Be prepared. Ooh. Yeah. Words words to live by always. And uh, I was, I about dropped the phone when he said it, you know. Be prepared. That's uh, coming from a city councilman. You kind of wonder what kind of thing he's talking about. You kind of, I guess, infer certain things from what he said going, things are going to get worse before they get better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't put him on the spot of questioning him. He, he, we were in a conversation about things. And, um, you know, he just, well, we were talking about, uh, uh, I'm not going to go any further because somebody had figured out who I was talking to, and I don't, I don't. Right, that's, we don't need to bring his name up yet. No. Or her, or her name up. (laughs) Or their name up. There you go. Yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, I I can assure you one thing, brother. I don't want to defund the police. I want to pay them more and make sure that when I call 911... You get an answer on the other line and they respond quickly. Yes. You want to defend the police, not defund them. You got it. Exactly. That's what we all need to do. Now, granted, like I say, there are bad players in every field, but most people in most fields are good. They work at what they do. They try and do a good job, and police are no exception. A majority of them are good players. They're good people. They're trying to protect and serve. And, you know, for the stress that they're under, and I, I keep thinking of the of the cop tonight that gets a call to a warehouse or something like that where the alarm went off or there's broken glass or whatever. Right, somebody broke in. And am I going to crawl in that dark warehouse? <laughs> I don't think so. And yet that's what we expect of them. Well, they have, I mean, I'll be honest. I believe cops have a different sense of purpose than most people. They're looking to run into the danger, while most people naturally tend to run away. Oh, yeah, as fast as I can. They put themselves between us and the danger. They are a barrier. They're the sheepdogs. They protect the people from the wolves. And there are plenty of wolves out there. And there's a lot of people who are like that, too. They will defend themselves, their family, their friends. They will stand up to evil when they get a chance. Because the only thing that is required for evil to thrive is for good people to do nothing. So if you stand by and let stuff happen, you know, you're part of the problem. But then again, 
you got to take into account all the legal ramifications of trying to help somebody out in a situation. And yeah. I, I want to go one step further with you, uh, Roger, is that – and we we pass by this frequently. However, I guess the lady uh, got attention the other day. But, you know, there are a lot of women cops these days. Oh, sure. And, uh, they do a heck of a job, and uh, they have to do in many ways a – uh, certainly a different job to, in some aspects, but they're called on. They don't say this is a woman's job, this is a man's job. <laughs> this is something you got to go take care of. Right. They and, respond to the call either yeah. way. They don't care. And uh, I salute all the women cops that, that are out there. Absolutely. All the police officers that get up every day, go to work, and say, you know, I'm going to help protect and serve. I'm going to defend people when they need help. I'm going to fight for the people who can't fight for themselves. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enforce the law. That would be ideal. You know, that's the ideal situation. That's where they want to be. And, you know, this lady yelling at that cop, murder, murder, you know, you're a murdering cop. And, you know, <sighs> I just, somebody like that, in fact, for punishment, she should have to ride with a cop for six months. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Probably three nights would be enough to make her change her opinion of that put herself in danger a little bit and see how she likes that yeah it's just it's ridiculous these people just think they see stuff on the news and they want to make themselves into victims over any little thing you know and 99 percent of the problems would be avoided if people would just comply with an officer's request you know show me your driver's license and your registration i don't have to show you anything i'm a free citizen blah 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 you you, why'd you pull me over you you don't have the right to do that whatever you should argue with them it's only going to escalate get worse they're not just going to say, oh, okay, I'll let you go because you yelled at me. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and so many more people would be alive today if they didn't decide to argue, fight, or be disparaging with the police officers. You know, half the time it would just be a matter of, you know, settle it in court. Don't settle it in the street. The police are not lawyers. They're not going to sit there and defend you. They're going to do what they have to do to defend themselves and protect the public. That's their job. So, and it's it's weird because... A lot of police officers work for people. Basically, police officers are the instruments of politicians, it seems like. They're working for the politicians, and the politicians, in order to have a good showing, will sit there and disparage their own officers in front of the public. And it's hard to have a lot of enthusiasm for your job when your commanding officer is sitting there disparaging the job that you're trying to do. Well, Bellagio is a good example of it in <laughs> New York. A yeah. good example. Yeah, he's a bad example of everything. Yeah, <laughs> incredible, nuts. Let, let's get back to talking about weapons. And, okay. Well, I I, I, oh, since we're on the subject with the police officers, I'm going to give you real, real a quick one here. There was a police officer that was fired from his job after 18 years on duty because he supposedly anonymously donated $25 to the defense fund of Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, if you don't remember, Kyle Rittenhouse was the guy who was uh, he was in a city where they're having issues. He was there rendering aid. He was an EMT, I believe, or certified first aid person, rendering aid to people there. And then at night, people asked him to come help them defend this business against people who wanted to burn it to the ground. You know, there are people who had, this is my livelihood. I can't make a living without this. So he was armed with a weapon along with several other people. There was an altercation. He ended up running away from these guys who were coming after him. And they knocked him down and then went to bash his skull in with a skateboard, and he shot three of them. One guy came after him with a handgun. He shot him in the arm. The other two guys, I believe, he shot and killed as they tried to bash his skull in. 
Then he got up, ran toward the police officers, trying to surrender himself. They were not talking to anybody that night because they were in armored vehicles coming down the street. So he surrendered himself the next day. And this officer gave $25 to his defense fund because it was purely a case of self-defense. And they fired him for it after 18 years on duty. This is in Norfolk, Virginia. A big, uh, you know, because the, the politics there are just, I mean, but but I get. Wait, wait a second. There's a there's another story that you're passing up there. That he could have donated to uh, the burn, loot, murder crowd and not had any, any issues? No. no <laughs> well, that's true, too. But, no, there's another story there. How did they know he donated anything to anybody? What's it to him? They shouldn't, yeah. And it says, uh, William Kelly wrote a message to accompany his donation to Rittenhouse saying, God bless, thank you for your courage, keep your head up, you've done nothing wrong. Which, you know, I mean, he's a police officer of 18 years. He knows how self-defense cases should work. Are they going to kick him out of being a cop because he donates to his church? If I don't know. I mean, it's this whole thing where they're picking sides politically and destroying people's lives because of political affiliation is ridiculous. That's absurd. Because I bet he could have given money to to the burn, loot, murder crowd, and that would have been fine. They wouldn't have questioned that for a second. And if they did, it would have been racist. Oh, he can give it to the burn, loot, murder crowd, but he can't give it to, to somebody who, some kid who was being chased down and attempted murder was, an attempted murder was made on his life, and he can't defend him. It, it's ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. And it's just, it's going to get to the point where political opinions are going to be what separate people. You know, you're going to have people on different sides of the fence, and that's where they're going to have their their first-line battles. And unfortunately, today, it's too easy to jump online, yell at somebody online, cuss them up one side and down the other without getting punched in the throat because you're doing it anonymously online. If you feel that strongly, go out in somebody's face and tell them what you think and see if they don't punch you in the face. You know, it's, it's a lot harder to get away with it when you're when you're right there in person. But it's much more likely to be a more civilized conversation if you're talking to somebody in person. But then again, some of these people don't get punished for being stupid and yelling at people all the time. You know, they think they can get away with anything. You know but what? Uh, we, uh, we need to take a break here. All righty. Let's do that, and we'll be right back. Cool off a second, and we'll be back <clears throat> on America's Web Radio Hi, right this after. This Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. 
Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Roger B. We're back with Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. And right before we left for the break, we were talking about an officer, a police officer that had donated to Kyle Rittenhouse's legal fund and was fired for it after 18 years on the job. Now, this is, it's just, I wonder if this is going to become commonplace where you're going to have to watch who you talk to, watch what you say, and not have a conflict with politics of who you work with. You know? This is, this is. As I was told recently, we're America's turning into a police state. How am I- our rights are being stripped away daily. The the First Amendment would give you the right to speak your mind as long as it's not, you know, inciting right. a riot or causing you know harm to somebody. But here, it's like you know, you speak your mind or stand up for a certain opinion. And this is a case that is not settled yet. No one's been declared guilty. And the the craziest thing is, all the people who attacked this kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, all the people who attacked him, there were no charges brought against any of them. So it's so one sided. They're so afraid of what the uh, the radical public is going to do if they do the wrong thing that they're not enforcing the law. There's no equality under the law anymore. So these people have to just you know. They, they, they make noise, they scream, they yell, and the law enforcement lets them get away with it because the politicians don't want to deal with the conflict. I, I, I started to say it's not, in my opinion, it's not the, the cops that are letting them get away with it, but their bosses are telling them you've got to let them get away with it. Right. The police and, chiefs, the politicians are the ones in control of the police and, most of the time. And then if, if the cop in a situation does something... He's guilty before proven innocent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or there was some city they were, they were following a suspect who had shot at police officers in a moving vehicle, and they were following them into a zone of the city where it was, it was considered off-limits for the police officers. But they followed him in anyway, made the arrest. They sent backup in to guard them while they were making the arrest because the citizens didn't want, you know, the criminals being arrested. It's crazy. These people want bad things to happen. And they want to be in control. They want lawlessness. They want disorder. They want chaos. It's like they're begging for something to happen. Yeah, and you know, this reminds me a lot. (coughs) Excuse me. This reminds me a lot of uh, our veterans coming back from Vietnam and being called baby killers and all this stuff, like this lady calling the cop murderer. You're a murdering cop and all that. You know, one... They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Of course not. Two, they they haven't walked, in, and they're too big a cowards to walk in their shoes, you know? Right. They're not willing to, to stand up and pick up an arm and, you know, protect and serve themselves. Yeah. And yet, 
who's the first? You know, I can guarantee you, if somebody's breaking into that lady's house, who's the first person she's going to call? <laughs> she's going to call 911. Yeah, and hope for a psychiatrist. She <laughs> needs one. Yeah. A social worker, yeah. yeah. Send somebody here to, to deal with the trauma of me getting robbed. Yeah, <laughs> well, these people are going to have to realize eventually that the police officers, most of them are good. They're going to do their jobs the way they're supposed to, and they are the first line of defense against law- lawlessness, disorder, and chaos. And if you remove that, then all the criminals will have free reign to do what they want, and things are going to get way worse than they are now. And if you're not prepared for it, if you don't have a weapon, if you haven't trained extensively with it, you are going to be one of the first victims. You know, I just remembered uh, my conversation. It all started with the border issue and that it's coming to a neighborhood near you. Yeah, and like I said, a lot of these people who are coming over the border are people who just want opportunity. A lot of them are. I know a lot of people who have come here illegally, but they don't accept, they don't get any government assistance. They work hard, they make money, they try and make a life for themselves. And I understand that. Granted, they broke the law to get here, but still, you know, we need to work to determine the difference between the good ones and bad ones, no matter what. And we need to follow the laws we have in place. Even the good ones have to go through the proper procedures, come in like they're supposed to, follow the rules, and then they can become a citizen. Just like with anybody else, follow the rules, do it the way you're supposed to, and I have no problem with these people. You know, in many cases, one, if they're here and they're buying products, they're paying taxes in their own To some extent, yeah, a little bit. But a number of them will come here and they'll come up with fake Social Security cards and pay into Social Security. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like... Well, because they just want to change. They, they, they just, just want, want, they yeah. want better opportunities, and they get exactly. it here. Cause, exactly. But, you know, it's still, still do it right. Yep. Or, you know, in, a, in the people, there are people complain, oh, our laws are too restrictive. They're too, it takes too long. Well, then change the laws. Laws are meant to be changed if they're not working properly. You know, Trump even said... He said when he was president, change these laws, pass them up, I will sign them. I want to expedite getting good people into this country because at the time he was saying this, our unemployment was almost 0%. We had just a couple percent unemployment, which is considered fully employed. We needed more people who were willing to work and do jobs. You know, and that was not an, that was not an issue for the longest time until the COVID situation hit unemployment was the lowest it had been in almost 50 years the economy was steamrolling there was it seemed like there was no way to slow it down which makes me think that the whole covid thing was kind of a ridiculous mess that they blew up into something that was really nothing to start with i realize it is a disease or it is a sickness you can die from it but you can die from other things just as well the flu was almost just as deadly swine flu was definitely as deadly and nobody seems to care they didn't do anything about that because the Democrat was in charge, and they didn't want to shut down an economy that was barely stumbling along under Obama. It would have just killed it completely. Yes, sir. But we have to see about that. But now let's get to Biden, the new guy. Let's see what he's doing now. Hmm. You know, he's 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 they, the Democrats claim he's doing such a great job. Well, let me tell you one thing he did. He would not issue a permit for the Rolling Thunder annual motorcycle rally ride in Washington, D.C. Okay, so this is on Memorial Day. They come in, they ride in, they ride in parade formation, they honor veterans, they honor Memorial Day. 
They honor people who gave their lives for this country, and it has been going on for 30 years. This ride has been going on. So for the first time in 30 years, the Biden administration refuses to issue a permit for this event to take place. Now, I don't know if he's scared because, I mean, he's got himself surrounded with barbed wire and troops and everything. I don't know what he's afraid of, but he doesn't want our country to have that, but he wants to have that in the White House. How, how, uh, who made him God? Oh, not God. He's a, he's a, he's the president, though. He thinks he has control. He has control of things in the United States. His administration. Not in, not in D.C. It's a city, and the mayor but, can issue the. Uh, well, apparently, because they were mar- they were going to have it in the city, the administration who normally gives out the permits decided not to because maybe Biden asked them not to. Who knows? They say the hmm. Biden. It says the Biden administration ended the thirty year tradition by pulling a permit that would have allowed a massive motorcycle Memorial Day parade down Constitution Avenue in D.C. So apparently, he has the ability to override things if he feels it's in the name of security or homeland security or you know his security whatever although his security could probably be handled by mickey mouse i don't think anybody would 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 be that concerned but it's crazy i mean he's sitting up there surrounded by guns and walls and yet he doesn't want to protect our country the same way he's protecting himself so but this is something to look forward to so biden killed a 30-year memorial day tradition by pulling the permit for this parade which has been going on for 30 years to honor all the people who gave their lives for this country. Apparently, he just doesn't care. He doesn't care what he doesn't care about these people. Obviously, you know, you can only piss on somebody's shoes for so long before they get pissed <laughs> and decide that uh, maybe uh, you should be the recipient instead of them. And you know, he's done. He's doing everything he can to hurt veterans. Everything he can to hurt. Our serving officer or our serving military today. And then, and then he's going to come after the Second Amendment, yeah. which is going to hurt people who protect themselves. And, you know, like I said, he's someday he's going to find a tree that he's barking up that's going <laughs> to fall down on him. Fall down on him, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's crazy because you'd think that he would swear an oath to uphold the Constitution, and then he turns around and tries to pass laws that violate the Constitution. So he's flat out lying when he took that oath. He's put his hand on a Bible and lied before God and everybody. I have no respect for someone who's willing to lie that blatantly. No, so, I agree. And, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, it's going to come back to uh, he won't, you know, and I'll never be president. I realize that. But, <laughs> you know, the, the honor of being commander in chief. I know. That's something this, that should be taken extremely seriously. Oh, yeah. And when you have no respect for veterans and no respect for the military in general you're losing a lot of votes oh yeah you're losing a lot of people that could help you that will go out of their way to see that a new commander-in-chief is put in that position yeah, well i mean it was funny because under obama they had to recruit people to be on his security details from the military under Trump, they receive thousands and thousands of applications every day for people wanting to be on his detail. It just goes to show you how that these guys know who respects them and who doesn't. And they, they can tell who they want to work for and who they don't. And I don't know how – I haven't got any news on how Biden's administration is dealing with, with their security. Are they just requesting people? Are people wanting to be on his security details? Are they wanting to be – 
defenders of his, his administration? I would think probably not as much as under Trump. When Trump was in office, they had hundreds of thousands of applications for people wanting to work with them. Wanting to be on the on Air Force One or you know Marine One or whatever it was, the, uh, you know, and I, and I look at it like dereliction of duty. As when Trump won and came into office, our military was so depleted; it was what Obama had done to it was just decimated it. Yeah, yeah. And when when the United States Air Force has to cannibalize other planes to keep their planes <laughs> flying. That's, I mean, if they're really old planes and they're phasing them out, I understand that. But when they don't have enough money to buy parts for their planes, that's ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. I mean, that is the one thing that the Constitution clearly states. Defense of our country is one of the main duties of the federal government. It's probably the most important duty they have. And it's one they, they, they pushed aside and made other things a priority. You know, defend the borders, defend us against outside powers from enemies, foreign and domestic. That's the job of the federal government. That's their main job is defense of our country, and they let that go. Instead, they want to put money into welfare programs and housing programs. And And the the arts. Yes, and letting illegals come here and get all the benefits for free while the people who work hard and pay taxes don't get half the benefits that the illegals do. You know, I look at... My degrees in economics, and uh, I look at this six trillion dollar debt, and you know, I just I don't see a way. You know, they can tax. What's, what's going to happen when the Chinese want their money back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll give them a worthless currency. An IOU. Yeah. I think yeah. we already do. And I'm wondering, are they going to get to the point where they go, you know what, we're just going to have to write this off, we're never going to get it, but we won't trade with them unless we get, you know, gold or something worth something in exchange. No credit anymore, they're going to have to pay up for everything they get from China. But right now, China's economy is so dependent on U.S. consumers, they have to. They have a delicate balance there they can't go over. They have to be careful with that, they really do. Because if they upset it too much, then they'll lose all their their consumers in the United States. Well, imagine seeing made in the USA on 90% of our products instead of 20% of our products. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That would help. Our economy would be steamrolling then, too. But Biden's talking about rolling taxes back on stuff, back to the previous levels, and all these companies are moving overseas now again, getting the hell out of Dodge. Well, you know, they can't, they can't afford to stay here. Right. Exactly. And people don't realize that. They say, oh, the corporations are greedy. You know, corporations have to make money. That's why they're in business. You know... I'm just a single-family homeowner, right? and uh, so I don't go out loading up on groceries every week, or toilet paper for that matter. Even I, when I was in the grocery store this past weekend, and just got minimal stuff, but the prices have escalated. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, well, well, a lot of that's due to shortages that are still around from last year. During the coronavirus scare, a lot of companies or plants were shut down because they didn't want people working in close proximity. It's like with the lumber yards and stuff. The price of wood apparently has gone skyrocketing. Oh, it's uh, it's amazing. You know, we uh, I do the advertising for a company called Quick Stakes, and uh, they make surveying stakes. And the plastic surveying stakes that they make with a steel rod are cheaper 
than the wooden, wooden stakes. Ones. Yeah, because the wood has gone up so much. And the same thing has happened like with the ammunition. They had to shut down plants because they didn't want people working in close proximity to the coronavirus scare. So all this stuff is taking months to get back into circulation. So we'll have to see how that pans out. But hopefully ammo, lumber, everything that's in shortage right now will fill back up and everybody can get back to a little more normal lifestyle. But we'll see. That's why the housing market, I think, has gone crazy because any house on the market is cheaper than one they have to build new because the new house prices would skyrocket because of the cost of materials. So it's nuts. I'm coming to go quickly to, to Portland, Oregon. Imagine that. They had a pro-gun rally in Oregon. I think it was in Portland. Oh, Salem, I'm sorry. Salem, Oregon. So they, were, they, they had a, a rally there for pro-Second Amendment. Now, this is something that they do in, in a few states. But you've got to remember, if you go to one of these things or you, you know, are going to be nearby, you have to be extremely careful because the media is not on your side. So think carefully before you make any statements to anybody in the media, in the media and the press, as they will twist whatever you have to say into something uh, derogatory, into something racist, into something that will somehow make you look bad. And like I've said people before, people who have permits and carry guns, they have to be above and beyond the regular citizen. They have to be exceptional in their responsibility. They have to be the most careful guys out there because the microscope is always on you when you're the one holding a gun or you end up in a situation where you need to use your weapon. You have to use extreme, extremely cautious judgment and be careful with what you do, what you say. You know, it, And it's funny because people ask, oh, I'm going to put this on my gun, put that on my gun. It's like, that'd be fine, but if you're going to carry a gun that says kill them all, that's not going to look good when a district attorney picks that gun up and looks at it and goes, oh, see, this guy was out to kill people. That's the only reason he was there. He was out to cause trouble. He was looking for a fight. Be very careful with this kind of stuff. Any modifications to any weapon can be construed as you were trying to look for a fight. You were out there trying to stir up trouble. So be careful with that. And if you do go to a rally, a pro-Second Amendment rally, be careful with what you say. Because anything they say, anything you say, the media is going to take and try and twist up and make you into the bad guy. Because they are definitely not on your side no matter what. So be careful with that. Be careful what you say, who you talk to, and make sure you're on the, the side of right. And even if you're on the side of right, they may still twist it around and make you look like some sort of, you know, baby killer. You know, you're just out there to kill people. That's all. That's the only reason you carry a gun. No, because you made the cops unable to answer calls now. I have to if I want to protect my family. You know, my family, my property, myself. I have to be my own first responder. You know, I've found that it's terribly hard to uh, carve notches in this plastic that's on a lot of these guns these days. Yeah, not unlike uh, the Wild West. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get a, not a kick out of it. I, I well, I sort of get sick, actually, but when, when some of the left-wingers come up with this stuff, well, they're going to turn it into the Wild West, and there'll be murders at sundown. and you know. The murder rate's already up tremendously where they defund the police or disable police from answering calls and have these autonomous zones where the people, quote-unquote, are in charge of everything. The murder rate's gone up like three or four times what it was the same time last year. It's ridiculous. It is. And I don't know. It, it just we have we have such a fractured country right now that 
You know, you you have a saying. A lot of people have the saying. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Always, yes. And that goes with guns, first aid kits, everything. And it's, uh, you know, it's unfortunately that's true any place. It doesn't. It it has no barriers any place. Right. Oh, it's always better to be prepared. What did your friend say? Get prepared. Always a good idea, no matter what it is you might be facing. Be ready for anything. I mean, granted, you can't prepare your whole life and never have anything happen. It would be, you know, it could be a full-time job trying to prepare sometimes. You know, do what you can. Prepare for the worst possible scenarios, I guess, or the scenarios that you can afford to prepare for without wrecking your entire life. Used to, there used to be a show on one of the TV channels called Doomsday Preppers, where these guys would prepare for a volcano, a super volcano, a super flood, a, a, a civil disobedience, you know, destroying an entire city, which actually was one of the ones that came came forward first. We saw that in the, the summer of love on the West Coast. People were rioting all in the streets, killing people, burning stuff to the ground. Yeah, imagine living in that neighborhood and having to worry about someone coming into your house and stealing whatever you had because they needed it or thought they needed it more than you did and you not being able to defend yourself it's crazy and they're trying to make it harder and harder in some of these states while other states i'd like to i'd I'd like to say are finally opening up a little bit and going you know what we're going to be a second amendment sanctuary city in fact montana just signed something the governor signs a bill nullify gun restrictions now, what that does, it says it prohibits state and lo- local law enforcement from enforcing federal bans on firearms, ammunition, and magazines. Now, this is probably one of about a dozen states that have done this in the last few months, which is great. I think this is phenomenal because they read the Constitution and realize any law they make that violates the Constitution, the Second Amendment, is not a legal precedent. You can't – that's not a law. You can't change the Constitution. It's the end-all, be-all determination. But unfortunately, the Supreme Court has rarely taken up cases to, dis- to, de- to make determinations on these matters. However, they're starting to get a few more of them in. And that's what I was going to get to next. Let's see. Yes. Well, for one, what was this? The court lifts the ban on exporting blueprints for 3D, gun- for 3D guns. Now, this was a uh, very... I guess controversial for a long time. There was a guy who made one, a 3D printed gun called the Liberator. It was a very basic, like single shot or two shot weapon made completely of plastic with some small steel parts in it. The whole thing could be made from parts at Home Depot. And the, uh, the State Department tried to put a crackdown where they were not allowed to post these. You weren't allowed to have possession of the plans to make this thing. And now, a court lifts the ban on getting the blueprints so anybody can get the blueprints and make their own 3D-printed ghost gun. And it's not like that hasn't been an issue already. I mean, the, the, once something's on the Internet, there's no taking it back. You can't make it disappear once it's been out there. Once it's out there, it can be shared a thousand times in a couple of milliseconds. It's crazy how fast information can travel. But trying to stop information is very difficult. Okay, we're going to be right back after these messages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy 
or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded. And right before we left for the break, we were talking about how the courts had lifted a ban on blueprints for 3D weapons. Now, a lot of you are going, well, whatever, I don't have a 3D printer, I don't know, that sounds expensive, that sounds complicated, that sounds like something, someone would have to have a lot of skill. Well, fortunately for freedom-loving Americans and gun-loving Americans, this technology is getting easier to use every single day. It's like plugging it in. It's like using a copier almost. You put the program, you put what you want to make in it, you run it through the machine, it makes a copy of whatever you put in there. And for a long time, these blueprints themselves, the plans themselves, were considered guns, and you could not have possession of them. They were under homeland security, under some sort of crazy ruling that said that they were uh, illegal to have, that the information was illegal. Imagine that, trying to block information. But now, apparently, they lifted the restrictions on getting the blueprints for 3D guns. And for those of you who have seen this technology, it is amazing. I was at a gun show a few weeks ago, and I watched this little machine make an AR-15 lower right in front of my eyes. It was cool. And he had the programs to make Glock lowers also, or Glock-compatible lowers. So you can make pistols and rifle lowers with this little machine that was maybe 18 inches by 18 inches by 2 feet tall. A tiny little box, and he was selling the box with all the programming to make all these these lowers, these receivers, what the public likes to see as ghost guns. These are just homemade weapons which you are allowed to make and allowed to possess. But this machine was about $350 with the programming. All you had to do was buy the plastic filament, which is what these 3D printers use, and start manufacturing your own gun parts. And it didn't even have to be a gun part. You could manufacture dishwasher parts if you wanted to. These 3D printers are amazing in what they're capable of doing. And most of it, the programming is the hardest part. 
to get the program to make to tell the machine what you want to make. Now, there are some people who are more skilled in this than others and know what they need to do to get it. But most people just want to go and not reinvent the wheel, get the program online somehow, or purchase the program and have it make whatever they want. And that's where this is headed. Soon, people are just going to be able to make their own gun parts at home with no reservations at all. Now, keep in mind, though, if you manufacture a weapon at home, it is legal for you to own and possess this weapon. However, if you ever decide to transfer it or sell it to another person, it must be serialized and registered before you're allowed to transfer. Otherwise, you become a manufacturer, and you need a special license to be a weapons manufacturer in this country. So be aware that you, you can't just... You know, you can't sell these once you get it. You'd be violating federal law if you did. You'd have to uh, get a license in order to sell them. But you can make all you want for yourself. That's not a problem. Now, there was an issue once when somebody was renting his machine to people to be able to cut AR-15 lowers out of 80% lowers. And I don't know if that ever became an issue or not because he wasn't doing it. He was letting people use his machine for a fee. Which, you know, if that becomes a thing, there's a lot of libraries that have 3D printers available, and you can buy time on them. And based on the volume of plastic you're using, they charge you based on that. Now, I would venture a guess that almost any library in the country would not allow you to 3D print a gun or gun parts on their printer. So, you know, I, I'm not saying go to the library and see if it's – you could try, see if they'll let you run it. If they can't tell what it is, maybe they just let it go. They hand you a plastic part. You pay whatever money it is, and you don't even have to have your own 3D printer. Go get it done somewhere else. And eventually, I'm thinking there's going to be places that have these 3D printers available like copy machines. You go to your local Kinko's or Office Depot or Staples or whatever. They'll have these machines available to rent. You can run whatever program you want, you know, within reason. And manufacture your own parts of whatever without having to actually purchase the machine. Although the machines have come down in price so much, for a few hundred bucks you can buy one that can make a multitude of gun receivers, gun parts, things like that easily. And like I say, you can also use it for dishwasher parts and car parts and whatever else that you can make out of the plastic that's available. So this is not just for guns. This technology is coming and the biggest thing I wondered is how about places that have restrictions on magazines? If you were able to manufacture your own standard capacity magazines, how would that work out? I mean, there'd be no way to determine the age on them except maybe by saying, well, 3D printing was not available in 1994 when the first crime bill went into effect, so these would be illegal. But in California, they had that Freedom Week where one week – they were allowed to get magazines of any size for one week until a judge ruled they put an injunction against that until that case against the magazines could be decided. And so far, twice, they've come back down and said, nope, you cannot have a restriction on magazines. That's not legal. That's a violation of Second Amendment rights. And now I think they're waiting for a third appeal with the full court to determine if this is going to be, if this is going to stand or not. And if it does, that will open up California to a huge number of magazines that they weren't able to get before. Any capacity magazine they want. Because for the longest time, they've been limited to the 10 rounds, which is kind of ridiculous because there's the technology now is out there to be able to... There's pistols that hold 17, 18, 22 rounds of ammunition in a flush-fit magazine. And it's like, you know, if, if 
eight rounds are good, then ten must be better, and twelve must be better than that. Especially if you can keep it in the same size package. The way these uh, engineers are working to make these micro-sized pistols, it's amazing. You look at the new SIG P365, which was revolutionary when it came out. I think it held like 12 rounds in a flush-fit magazine in a micro in a subcompact gun. Same thing with the Springfield Hellcat. And now the new Smith & Wesson Shield, the Enhanced Shield or Shield Plus, holds 12 or 13 rounds in the same size shield that used to hold uh, 7 or 8 rounds. They're finding ways to make these guns work better and better, be more and more precisely built, more precisely fit, and be more effective. So this is coming. And I think eventually the courts are going to, hopefully they'll decide in favor of not having a magazine ban, and people in California and other restricted states will be able to, once again, get standard capacity magazines for their weapons. But we're going to have to see how that pans out. I'm still waiting. I have not read anything on the final determination on that particular one. But there's an Illinois judge who said that the FOID requirements are unconstitutional for guns you keep at home. Because they have a firearms owner ID card, the FOID. And the firearm owner ID card is unconstitutional according to this circuit court judge ruling. When it comes to keeping arms in your residence. So he's saying if you keep it outside your residence or carry it with you, you may need a special permit. But keeping it in your home, he's saying the the FOID requirement is unconstitutional. So more good news. Hopefully they'll eliminate that and people in the state of Illinois will be able to buy weapons without having to have a a card to show, a papers, your papers please, before you're able to exercise your Second Amendment rights. Now can you imagine, just for a minute, if you had to have a special card in order to vote, a government-approved issued card to vote, could you imagine the uproar? And yet, a constitutional amendment guaranteeing a right to vote is not there. There is no right to vote in the Constitution. The only thing it says is if there is an election, you may not discriminate against people on various factors. But it does not say you have the right to vote in every election. You do not have the right to vote according to the Constitution. But you do have the right to keep and bear arms. But yet they're putting so many infringements and restrictions on your on your rights, but yet they want to have a privilege, which is being able to vote is a privilege. It's not a right. It's not spelled out. It's not there. But yet they want to have restrictions on that. In fact, one thing I saw this week that was rather amusing, some uh, apparently um, libtard posted, I wish it was as easy to vote as it was to get a gun. And then someone responded to him and goes, so we should just mail guns out to everybody? <laughs> Which is what they were doing with ballots this last election. I mean, I know people who got two and three and four ballots in the mail. Now, granted, most of them went and voted in person, but they could have voted like several times easily and just said they didn't know or, you know, because it was all new. All this mail-in ballot stuff was new to a lot of people. But apparently they're not mailing out guns to people anymore, so that hasn't happened since 1934. Or no, 68, I'm sorry. Since 1968, you could no longer get guns through the mail. That was after President Kennedy was shot. They changed that. That law went into effect after that. But this judge says the... uh, Firearms owner ID card is unconstitutional. Now, it's probably going to be, I'm sure it's going to be um, appealed because Illinois doesn't want to give up the stranglehold they have on, on potential gun owners. Because Chicago is such a friendly, fun city on a Saturday night, 
except for the fact you probably have less people killed in the Middle East on Saturday night than you do in Chicago on the average Saturday night. So be aware, this could this could be pushed into law, and they could eliminate the FOID cards for people who want to keep a weapon at home. And because of the slowdown, they've been taking up to four months to process an ID card. Could you imagine if you had to wait four months to get registered to vote, how many people would they say that's illegal, unconstitutional, oh, it's a violation of rights. The same thing he is going on here. You have a right to keep and bear arms. You cannot infringe on that right. It is not infringeable. But yet, Illinois decides, we're going to make you get a permit to exercise your God-given right, which to me is completely ridiculous. But this judge apparently ruled in favor of gun ownership. So we'll have to see how that goes. Now, out to California... A federal judge has now determined that California's gun control laws may be unconstitutional. This was the Ninth Circuit judge, which I think Trump has made a few appointments to that one. And now they're saying they now in California, if you don't know, they have what's called a roster. It's guns that are put on a list that are legal for Californians to own. And it had to be manufactured, designed prior to a certain date. Anything after that date has to have what they call micro stamping meaning it has to stamp a unique code, number, barcode, something on every shell in two places as the weapon is fired. And the ejected shell on a semi-automatic or revolver must have this stamping on it. And the gun manufacturers are like, this is the technology is not there to do this. You know, unless you want to make every handgun cost four to $5,000, you can't, this technology is not there yet. It has to have a unique code stamped in two places on every case of ammunition as, as it is fired. Now, a California judge is saying this may be unconstitutional. You, you're not allowed to do this. So, Because basically what this did is with this roster, every new model of the gun that came out was not put on the roster. So anything that was on there could stay on there until it either stopped being made or there was a modification or a new model that came out and it fell off the roster of legal weapons. So basically this was gun control slow as molasses but it worked because every year more and more guns would fall off the list. In fact one company, Glock kept making their Gen 3 semi-automatic weapons because of California because they could not get registered the new Gen 4, Gen 5. Alright, we'll be back next week with more about guns. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.